Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, where in a bit, I'm going to be speaking with Luca from Board to Death Games about his new game just up on Kickstarter, Neon Knights. But before we get into that interview, I just wanted to talk briefly about the upcoming Patreon campaign for The Thoughtful Gamer. Uh, if you've been listening for a while or follow me on social media, you'll know I mentioned this before, but it's only four days into the launch of the Patreon campaign, and I'm hoping to get as much support as possible to just make this podcast and everything else the thoughtful gamer does that much better just increase the production values of what we do so i've been counting down some of the rewards that that backers will get on patreon including things like getting access to a live stream of us recording the podcast so you can get it immediately and raw and unedited and with all our mistakes and slip-ups and terrible terrible jokes that i edit out alongside all kinds of other rewards so be on the lookout for that. The second announcement I wanted to give was that we are going to be at PAX Unplugged in November in just over a month down in Philadelphia, which I think will be a fantastic time. So if you are also going to be there, let me know. Maybe we can play a game together. We'll be all wearing the Thoughtful Gamer t-shirts, hopefully if I can get those ordered in time. So we should be pretty easy to spot. I think it's going to be a fantastic convention. It's the first PAX Unplugged, but I've been to other PAX conventions before up here in Boston and they've been great so I cannot wait for the board game one so if you're going to be there let me know and uh, maybe we can meet up say hi and play some games together I plan to play a lot of board games when I'm there without further ado though let's get to my interview with Luca from board to death games hello everybody we've got a special guest here on the podcast today Luca from board to death who is releasing a game that he designed on Kickstarter very soon, right? Yeah, uh, October week, 10th. October 10th, called Neon Knights 2086, a kind of retro-looking, by retro I mean like 80s sci-fi aesthetic racing game that looks pretty cool. The artwork at least stands out. It's got that neon, that neon color scheme to it. And I'm here with Luca today just uh, talking about this game and how it's going to play and what the Kickstarter release is going to look like. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Just give me an, an overview of the game. It's I know it's a racing game, but I don't know much beyond that. What kind of what kind of gameplay are we looking at here? Well, um, Neon Knights is, is on uh, is based on um, basically like old 80s films, like cyberpunk 80s films. Uh, I'm launching now also to uh, to coincide with the release of Blade Runner, the movie. I was say, that, that couldn't have been really <laughs> coincidental, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Stranger Things that are coming out, which is also like an 80s thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm really into that stuff. I'm like, I love the synthwave music, and I've been listening to all that music while working on the game. And I just I, I just like this, this these, these colors and the theme and the, the, the 80s. I mean, I was born in 81, so I grew up in the 80s. And I just wanted to to make a game, you know, that that reflect things that I like. I love racing games, uh, whether it's on board games or um, or video games. I play a lot of the video games as well, and uh, uh, I love racing games. And and there's just not enough on the market. That's why I decided to uh, make a few of my own. So the game is played over a series of rounds. A regular game is is three rounds usually, and each round is uh, represents a week. And um, so you start on Monday. 
So from Monday to Saturday, you're taking an action. So every day is an action. So on Monday, you could uh, decide to go to the garage and, and like equip some equipment on your car. Or you might decide to go to uh, the black market and get some weapons or some, some better ammunitions that deal more damage. Or uh, just some shields in case uh, you saw another player buy a weapon and you want to protect yourself against him. Uh, you could go to companies. There's, there's different companies you could go to and ask for support and sponsorship. They're going to give you money and uh, you'll gain reputation with these companies. And uh, with those, after you could spend those reputations to buy uh, implants for your driver to make him better. So you could buy like focus, uh, ambition, you could buy different skills for your driver. So like during the week, uh, you're doing all of these. And uh, come Sunday, the race starts. And uh, how that works is um, kind of like a, a dungeon crawler type of game. Uh, you, ha you have the, the track that's laid out and uh, you're moving your cars based on your speed and the parts that you have on the track. And you could use weapons and shields against other players. Um, and a bit like Mario Kart, if you use a weapon, it's gone. It's, it's, it's gone for uh, until you re-equip it. So you, you have these icons on the track that you have to land on to re-equip, to reactivate your weapon or your shield, and then you could use it again. Um, and, and then you, so you're doing this race uh, come Sunday, and then after the race, uh, the board is wiped clean, and a new race begins uh, next round. The thing is that you have to be careful because if you take too much damage on the uh, the first race, it's going to be hard to repair because next week you're going to have to use one of those days instead of as, as an action. You're going to have to use it to repair your car and, and, and spend some money to, to to get your car fixed up for, for next Sunday, which is a completely different race. The track is going to be different. Uh, it's modular boards. So every every round is a different race as opposed to like uh, a few other racing games out there that have you know, one race is the entire game. Okay, interesting. And, and then, on, as I understand correctly, a full game will go over three different races? Uh, that's that's a, an exhibition mode. So we have um, a campaign mode as well, where uh, you, you level up your driver uh, like the, with the implants and the skills that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. uh, those, those you start at level one during a campaign mode, and then you increasingly buy them to go to level two and then level three. So, so the campaign mode, uh, you play around 16 rounds, and uh, each round um, is a different race with the different tiles that are going to be laid out from stage one to stage 16. And then you'll, choose, you'll, you'll take these tiles from those stage cards and uh, build up the track for every, every round. But if you want to play an exhibition, you could play... Uh, just three rounds, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. Okay, that's interesting. How long does each, like, how long would a, a three-race exhibition take? It's about 30 minutes per player. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, so when you're looking at a campaign, you're looking at a, a real campaign, like, over multiple sessions. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to, um, you know, save your, your car in a Ziploc bag with the equipment that you have and everything, the parts that you've installed on it and everything. I'm interested in these games that have these kind of multiple parts. When when I'm hearing you describe it, it's it it reminds me a lot, a little bit of uh, Millennium Blades, where they have kind of different phases to the game, and you're upgrading and, and you know going round after round to try to improve each time. Is yeah. that a fair comparison of kind of the feel of it? Yeah. So your car, your your car basically starts off as a as a stock car. I mean, it has nothing on it except the, the stock parts, the engine, the wheels, the tires. And, and as you're playing the game, you're going to be upgrading these things. But there's a lot of different mechanics uh, in the game. 
one of them is drafting. So at the beginning of the of an exhibition match, you're going to draft these implants, these skills for your driver. So each player is going to draft these, and uh, it's going to make the, each game feel different because uh, your skill pool to choose from is going to be different every game. So there's a drafting mechanic. Then there's the action-taking mechanic, which is uh, the week from Monday to Saturday, which every day is an action, so each player is taking actions. And then you have the dungeon crawl mechanic where the racetrack is laid out kind of like a dungeon, and, and you're using your speed and your movement points to move along the track to try to get to the end, basically, of the track as fast as possible. Um, but you have to be careful also because uh, you have fans in the game that are following you. If you take too many risks and take too many curves and you're always hitting the wall or, or rail riding the wall, um, you're going to lose fans. And by the end of the, the race, if you have no fans, you don't gain that many victory points. So you have to balance between racing well and uh, not taking too much damage and not and not pushing your car uh, too much during the race uh, as to look like a bad driver with no fans. Okay, so the way you're getting victory points is is, is winning races or doing well in races and maintaining a fan base? Yeah, so you could come in first uh, during a race but have no fans, and that's going to give you a, a few points. And then come in third, but like everybody loved the way you drive, and everybody likes you know the the actions you took. So so uh, you could also slam in the game. So if you slam an opponent and you took no damage during the slam, you gain fans. So there, there's things that you want to do during the race to gain fans. Uh, so even if you're in third place, you're, you're still invested in the game because you're probably driving. Uh, less recklessly, and and and, and fans are, are liking that. Oh, that's interesting. Is there mm-hmm. is the game designed so you're always trying to kind of strike a balance between uh, maintaining your fans in race placement, or is it possible for someone to say, okay, I'm only going to care about winning races, or I'm only going to care about getting a big fan base and still be competitive? The the thing is, that it's a push your luck game, so there are dice in the game that mm-hmm. that evolve around uh, how fast you're going through uh, corners. So if, if you take a corner too fast, uh, you're going to have to roll a few dice to see how much damage you take. And if you're just focusing on winning, you might crash and burn. And when that happens, you, you lose all your armor, you lose all your speed, you go down to like two speed, you lose a fan. And, and it's just, it's, it's a push your luck, you know? And it's fun because as we play test, I didn't know this was going to happen, but the more that one player is pushing their luck, the more the other players feel like they have to, like they have oh, to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, this guy's taking risks. I gotta start taking those risks too. And what's cool is that in in reality, when you're drifting down a mountain uh, in in Japan or whatever, that's how it feels. If the guy's pulling away from you, he's taking risks that he's drifting through corners that maybe you should be drifting to at the same speed, and you want to take those risks as well. And it was just so thematic, and I was so like happy about that aspect of the game. It was really cool. Well, there's also the psychological aspect where, like, you know, no matter how many fans you're getting or how cleanly you're driving, it's you still kind of want to win, even yep. if it's just a little mini game as part of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, if you if you come in last, uh, your fans don't count as victory points, so you can't oh. you can't turtle your way around the track because if you're last, it's pointless. Right, so you right. have to balance in, in being uh, a well driver and still finish the race, but not last. Uh, we're, we're adjusting the two-player version of that. The two-player version, that rule doesn't apply because it was bad, basically, for the second player. But in, in uh, three to six players, uh, that applies. So you don't want to be last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
there's fan bets as well. So like uh, before a race starts, uh, fans are going to bet on you on things that you're going to do during the race. So some would be like uh, start the race at, at speed two instead of at any other speed or or do a race, an entire race without using any weapons. So these are bets that fans are making. And if you complete these, uh, you'll make some money at the end of the race. And then in terms of the actual driving around the track, it, it like you said, it's a push-your-luck mechanism. I saw there's like a, a scale of, of, of different speeds you can go and then taking certain corners will incur certain risks at different speeds, similar to kind of the um, the dice mechanism for Formula D, right? Except uh, your speed is determined exactly. Yeah, so depending on the parts that you have, you could accelerate or decelerate. Um, you could go as fast as you want around the corner. I mean, you're not going to, you know, you might. The thing about pushing your luck is if you decide to go through a hairpin at full speed, you roll dice. But some of the dice have, uh, most of the dice have two blank sides on each. So if you roll all those dice and you roll all blanks, uh, it means you took no damage and you did the hairpin very quickly. So you drifted, it's like a stunt, and uh, you gain one fan per blank die during that push. So um, in Formula D, there, there was a lot of luck base to the fact that, it, uh, I mean, you'll take damage no matter what, and even if you don't take damage, well, good for you, you took no damage, you're still in the race. But here, we reward people for taking the risk, and on top of that, taking no damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, and some of the parts that you have allow you to re-roll dice, or um, you could trash some of your parts to remove dice completely from your roll. Uh, so, so there's a lot of, of strategy on, on how you're going to use your parts to uh, manipulate the luck mitigation of the dice. Sure. And then going back to the the weak system where you're taking your actions to improve your car, how is that just everyone goes around the table, takes whatever action they want, is it a, like a simultaneous selection? What What are the specifics on that? So there's a, a player turn order based on victory points. Okay. Uh, so for example, let's go like uh, on Monday. Uh, if it's my turn, if I'm first player and it's Monday, I get to choose an action. And the actions are to repair my car, which costs five credits per uh, armor that I want to repair on it. There are some uh, cards that are going to be revealed on the board, like uh, sponsorships that I could choose from. Uh, there's uh, parts that I could buy if I have the money to buy it. I, I could buy the parts. And uh, the money, the, the, the value of the parts are printed on the board. And the parts are, are laid out on the price. So you could have a really good part for really cheap, depending on where it was flipped over. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to explain without showing you the board there. But uh, you, you have these choices. And... and you, you have to decide on your turn which one to take. And then once you take that action, if, if I bought a part, for example, um, all the parts are going to slide to the left, and then a new part is revealed, and then the next player has the choice of taking any action he chooses. Okay, so you're not actually, you're not blocking other players, but you can change uh, kind of the decisions that, they, that they're forced to make yeah. by your actions. You have to pay attention to what other players are doing, because, uh, for example, if you buy the flamethrower, which is a pretty powerful weapon at close range. And, um, and I see that there's uh, upgraded ammunition that pops up. If, if I give you that, you might be like really powerful if you're next to me. So I might have to think, okay, I'm going to buy these ammunitions, even though I don't have a gun, but just so that the guy with the flamethrower doesn't have a flamethrower with uh, powerful ammunition added right. as, 
as an upgrade. So, so you got to look uh, like if you buy a weapon, I might buy a shield next round. You know, like there's there's all these these things you have to look at uh, from the other players for sure. Okay. Yeah, all the different guns have different range and and, and different uh, like there's even uh, some weapons that are hacking, so you can hack another player's car to increase his speed. So if you're going through, okay. I could hack your car and make you go really fast. Nice. And then you're gonna have to yeah defend yourself or find a way of, of going through that. I, I might have helped you. I mean, you could do that whole hairpin without taking any damage, you know. But it's it's all fun of the game. Oh yeah, no, that sounds awesome. You know, upgrading your car and uh, like you said, doing that kind of Mario Kart style. Hopefully, no blue shells in this though, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Good. The weapons are are auto lock and they auto damage so it, it they're basically turrets on your car you're focused on driving yeah and push of a button your gun just auto locks and shoots there's no like rolling to see if you hit and all that stuff it doesn't happen what's your strategy in in terms of kind of the people you're targeting with this kind of game is it going to be people who are really into board games like me is it going to be more towards you know families or or a lighter game it seems based on your description it's kind of a mid-level game yeah, it's mid-level. It's it's multilingual, so everything is uh, it has iconography. There's no text on anything, so you can play in any language. Um, I don't think it's 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 too much geared towards younger audience. It might look that way maybe from the car aspect, but uh, a young player might not understand a lot of the intricacies of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my target is maybe like the in the 30s range, where where like people like me that that love car games that 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 were kind of born in, in the 80s or, or like that 80s look, that 80s style, uh, you know, the, the 80s music, the Blade Runner, the Death Race, that that, that would be probably my uh, my main audience, I guess. And again, you, this is launching on Kickstarter on the 10th, correct? Yeah, it's uh, next Tuesday. Well, I don't know when it's going to air the podcast, but it's going to be on a Tuesday. I think it'll be, oh yeah, we're talking in the past here i suppose by the time this goes up it will have <laughs> launched yesterday so yeah. fresh on kickstarter right now uh, if yeah. you're interested in neon knights 2086 i'll put up make sure to put a link in the description it looks really interesting like like you said there's not that many racing games out there like formula d is probably the biggest one but not yeah. that many others out there and this adds a lot of it seems like a lot of kind of the you know action selection trying to trying to upgrade in, in in literally i guess engine build if you're changing the engine of the car but yeah. uh it adds some of those mechanisms into make it more than just as kind of a standard race game which which seems really cool are you nervous about the kickstarter uh yeah a little bit i mean bit? Uh, <laughs> I, this is my second one so i i might have a few of the uh the, the old backers come back and back this one you know uh my first game that uh, that I did was uh, Street Kings on uh, on Kickstarter, and uh, it got a, some pretty good reviews, and it sold out. And a lot of the backers are back, and they're supporting. Um, so we'll see. Uh, That's good. We'll see when launch what happens. Yeah. And you also uh, have a little bit of a built-in audience because you also do board game reviews with uh, Board to Death, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm the guy behind the camera, the editor, and the. Um, the, the hands-on uh, visuals and all that. And, and my brother, he's Giancarlo, and Felicia is one of uh, my good friends, and Erica, they, uh, they're the host who, who hosts the reviews, basically. And we started in 2009. Uh, we were one of the first few who were actually doing HD videos 
of board games. So I think when we started doing that, uh, a lot of people uh, subscribed to our channel. Um, and I, ha I had the HD cameras because I used to, well, I still do wedding videos on the weekend. So I'm a cameraman, a videographer for events and stuff. So that's that's where I learned all my like editing and all that. Um, I I did I started doing board to death reviews, at, actually to test out my HD camera just for fun. <laughs> and as soon as I put up a, a video, it was like it exploded, and everybody said, "Oh my god, it's so cool! The, the quality is good." And so then I added green screen, and I started like doing all these weird things. And then but now I'm back to basics and just you know, reviewing the game and telling people what it's about. And, and we're trying to keep it under 10 minutes. So they're, they're really oh, quick. Yeah, you can watch them in a, in a game store before buying a game, like, very quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you said you also own a game store yourself, right? Uh, me and my brother, yeah, we're partners on a gaming store here in Montreal called uh, She Geeks. And uh, we sell, uh, we, 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 we try to sell a lot of Kickstarters or we try to support a lot of Kickstarters, especially if they have like retailer pledge and stuff like that. So we're kind of like a retail store that has uh, uh, underground um, Kickstarters that you might have missed. And, and a lot of people love coming into the store just to see what's new, you know, like what's different, what's what's not Catan, what's what's not, uh, you know, Ticket to Ride and stuff like that. So, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's a different uh, type of board gaming store for sure. Yeah, because I, you know, so many of these of the board gaming stores I go to, you know, a lot of them are really nice, but you, yeah. know, you look on the shelf and it's, like you said, it's, it's six yeah. versions of Catan, and then if I want to find, you know, the the new game I read about or saw on the Dice Tower or something, uh, you know, it, it's hard to find anything yeah. kind of new and exciting. So I, I, that's really interesting that you're doing that. Uh, yeah. for your store so i guess kickstarter then what was the the natural place to go for your games huh? yeah and as a retailer i know what retailers want so i, I did like um it's not a retailer pledge but it's a bundle pledge so even if you're not a retailer you could get the bundle pledge but retailers are really gonna like uh the bundle because we we if you are a retailer we put your logo and uh, your website in the rule book of the game so I mean, anybody who supports on Kickstarter should be credited in the rule book. I mean, that's something I believe in strongly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, this is super exciting. As someone who is currently doing reviews and has slight aspirations to maybe make a game someday, I congratulate you for uh, your second release here and wish you the best of luck on the Kickstarter launch. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to mention about the game that we, that we didn't cover here? Any last words? Uh -huh. We're, we're, we have a lot of stretch goals too. Um, one of them is a comic book, which is a 10 page comic book, fully uh, inked and, and text and everything. And it looks amazing. The artist is, is really cool. He did a really good job. And uh, I can't wait to uh, show that off. So if you're into comic books, um, it's the game is going to come with a digital version. But if we get the stretch goal, it's going to come with a printed version uh, in the box. So I'm really excited about that. And I have another person who did a, the theme song for our board game. I, I don't know if how many games out there have actual theme songs, but someone made a theme this song is, for This is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and he's working on a, a digital album, so it's going to be, uh, if you back it, you're going to get a digital uh, version of the uh, the soundtrack that you could play as you're playing the game. And a lot of it's going to be synthwave, obviously. So that's going to be cool. Oh, that's awesome. And, and again, for those who haven't seen... Uh, this game or, or you know the, the the comic book that's going to come with it if you're into that 80s sci-fi neon aesthetic which i don't know anyone who isn't because it just looks really cool 
this is this is full fully embracing that and it looks pretty rad if you like cyberpunk it's also yeah, cyberpunk <laughs> any, any of that genre or, or just saw blade runner recently i'm actually going to be watching the original one tonight in preparation nice. to see the new one soon nice. yeah that's a good idea <laughs> yeah yeah so again best of luck and uh thanks for coming on and explaining the game thanks mark it was my pleasure man thank you very much no problem at all. Again, the game is Neon Knights 2086. The Kickstarter link will be at the bottom. I think it looks interesting. I've read through a uh, early version of the rules, and it looks pretty cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to check out thethoughtfulgamer.com. I just put up a review of Concordia, which is an exciting game that I just got recently that I have fallen in love with. So if you haven't seen that first impression I wrote up the other day, go ahead and take a look at that because I'm telling you, it's a really, really, really good game. Uh, don't forget to follow me on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. We'll be streaming games periodically, and we do the Half-Witted Scruffy-Looking podcast live on stream as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on iTunes so we can keep getting those awesome reviews you guys are leaving. It really makes my day when I see a new review pop up on iTunes. Next week, we're going to be doing our Top 10 Dominion cards. Bubba is going to be back on the podcast. Skyping in all the way from Connecticut, and I think it's going to be a great time talking about Dominion and what aspects of the game we really like best, as shown by our collective top 10 cards. I think it's going to be a really interesting list, and I think there's going to be a lot of heated debate. We're already debating each other just in trying to prepare for the podcast, so it's going to be a spicy one, I think. That's going to be part of Dominion Week, where I'm going to be putting up a review of Dominion, all the expansions, and also a strategy guide. So if you like Dominion, or even if you haven't played before, there's going to be something there for you talking about one of our favorite games ever. So I'll talk to you all again next week when we're talking about our top 10 Dominion cards. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.